0: so welcome again to another episode of my podcast where i talk about underrated music with friends uh, so it's called underrated over because that's exactly what it's about uh, and i send a playlist of music around a theme to some friends uh, and then we talk about those songs so this this theme. Well, this playlist is a shorter one, so it's only three songs, because I think there's a bit more to talk about. Uh, and the theme itself was chosen by you guys from a short list of like three different themes I think I gave you. Uh, and this one's Life or Death. Uh, and the way we're doing it, well, the way I'm doing this is I sent the lyrics to you lot. You, I think you have, you know, I gave you a bit of time to just look at the lyrics by themselves, and then I sent the songs. Um, So it's kind of like looking at the difference between poetry and lyrics, because the first time you saw them, obviously they're kind of formulated more as poetry because you don't know the music. I assume assume none of you had heard the music before. Um, And I guess it was kind of influenced by the fact because when we first, because you guys were on the other episode where we talked about like higher culture and rock music. Um, And I think Emma was saying that the lyrics to Icarus were a bit hammy and we, the rest yeah. of us were like, yeah, maybe, maybe if you read them on paper, they're a bit hammy, but they work really well as lyrics. I, um, I think that was kind of the general conversation. And then um, mm-hmm. a few weeks ago as well, one of my friends um, in my band, we were talking about someone, I can't remember, some lyricist. And he was like, oh yeah, he's a poet, isn't he? And I was like, well, no, he's he's a lyricist. But it, it's interesting that people like, if you're a really good lyricist, people are like, he's a poet or she's a poet. And it's like, well... Why is that a higher compliment? I mean, there's no further thought along those lines than that. I'm not expecting us to talk about that specifically, but that's kind of where I came from. I was like, well, what is the difference, and why? Why do people talk as though like poetry's poetry's just really good lyrics? And I think people do that quite often, don't they? And they don't mean it in like a very concrete way. They just say, oh yeah, he's a poet. But it is interesting that people say that. So anyway, that's just the yeah. Kind I think of...
1: it's mostly said by people who don't really know what poetry. Is yeah, yeah, so like I, the, it has its own rhythm that is different to what is required,
0: yeah, yeah of for lyrics. Sure. I don't, I'm, yeah. Not, I'm not saying that people who say it are wrong, but it is interesting, it's interesting. They're usually it? wrong, though. <laughs>
2: I think, I think what it comes from is that poetry doesn't need anything else, and they're sort of saying these lyrics are so good, I would love them even if they have no music, whereas some lyrics really need the music. Yes, to yeah. work, that's and I don't time. think that necessarily makes them bad. It's just slightly different.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like, that's that's fair, and that that leads us perfectly onto the songs end because mm-hmm. you did see them without music at first, and you yeah. did have the opportunity to, to to think, do these actually work as poetry? Mm-hmm. And then obviously you get the opportunity to think, do they work as lyrics? Um, and I don't know which song to start with. We could either start with the one you, I assume you all hate the most. And then <laughs> and what then, could you
1: be about to say Dick
0: <laughs> I don't know, do you want to start with your least favorite and then end with your favorite, like end on a good note, or do you do you want the opportunity to just kind of finish on a rant? I don't know
2: <laughs> I think let's let's start on a positive note. Um, should, should we
0: do what what we what is often called a shit sandwich? Should we go good? <laughs> less less well i i still think it's really good um and then i don't know it's up to you um i didn't just
3: we called it a phrase sandwich in the biz
0: <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know how about one of you just chooses one of the songs to start with and then we'll just start with that i'm not really first
2: so i actually had heard i recognize the lyrics to one of the songs okay um which was And When I Die. But I thought, because you didn't give us artists, that it was going to be the Laura Nero version, Mm. which I am very, very fond of. And I love her as an artist. So I was, it was an interesting surprise to hear the Peter, Paul and Mary version, which I know is more well known, but I have never
0: Mm -hmm. heard it. Cool. Well, we start with that. So I'll just briefly say again that we are the subject is life and death which is kind of a wide thing but all three songs kind of fit within that. Um but yeah okay let's start with that because that's a great song. Um and I won't like because it's got an interesting story behind the song as well so I won't go into that and maybe you know bits of it Catherine. But um it's kind of if you you'd already heard the song so I guess you didn't come to it fresh as a piece of poetry. Yeah. So I guess how, how, I'm exactly. quite curious to hear what Lottie and Emma thought of that. Like when you just saw it on the page, um, and when I die, um like what were your thoughts?
3: I think oh, I y- oh, yeah. sorry, I had the lyrics over the zoom window.
1: Um I I wasn't gonna say anything very profound, only that I was surprised in exactly the way I imagine you set me up to be surprised when it was very jolly. <laughs>
0: Like, so so what do you mean exactly? I'm not trying to trick you. It made it, you the way you say that it makes it sound like I was trying to trick you. Right? I wasn't necessarily <laughs> trying to surprise you. Well, no,
1: like, yeah, like there's a uh, dissonance between the subject matter and the upbeat hmm. nature of the music.
0: But, well I, guess, well, I guess we can get onto that. But, yeah, I mean, if I was just curious what you thought about it on the page in the first place, place because I guess if you just read it as poetry, like... What were your thoughts? Uh
1: what what kind of thoughts do I you, don't want, know. you want? Like, <laughs> like I don't know. I didn't really I didn't really know like how to prepare for yeah, this. Yeah. So I've turned up to supervision without notes is what I've done. <laughs> no, no, because gen- um, right, so gen- I'll
0: just throw out what I think, because obviously I heard the song first and then I never had the experience of just looking at it as lyrics. But I think like as lyric, as poetry as just on the page, it's not amazing. It's not really that much at all. It's just kind of... Um, yeah. It just does what it does, really, kind of... is workmanlike, I guess, is almost what yeah. I'd say. Um,
3: I it gives you an indication. I felt like looking at these lyrics, I mean, I was like, oh, I bet it'll be a sort of folky kind of song. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's because it's that sort of emphasis on kind of repetition and not a big kind of tonal variation a lot of um like like slow movement and I yeah when I listened like Emma I was kind of surprised because I was like oh this is quite Mm -hmm. jolly um but uh yeah I, I wasn't I didn't feel as though there was a huge kind of divide between I didn't kind of look at the Lyrics and then listen to the music, and then be kind of like, Oh, yes, these are two very different things. I kind of looked at the lyrics and was like, These look like lyrics without music. Yeah, Um, Mm yeah. Which maybe we can, I don't know, unpack. There's my supervision word. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, why don't you unpack it for us then? What are your thoughts? Oh, (laughs) you're
3: very good. You turned it right round on me because well, I'm because...
0: the supervisor here. That's
4: I. Uh, that's
3: no. <laughs> we we'll will try and regain power. She'll try. And amazing... Oh no,
0: there's going to be a coup.
3: Oh, you know it. Um, I, I guess the when I when I first looked at all the lyrics, all um that you gave us, the other two songs felt more like poetry on the page, right. whereas this felt more like lyrics. And I think my gut would be that's because of uh, you noted the repetition, hmm. so it felt. Which isn't necessarily something well, you get it in ballads, but ballads are sort of uh, a lyrical mm-hmm. kind of poetry, anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, well it's a it's a funny thing, isn't it? I feel like with a lot
2: of songs, you can repeat a line and have a huge variation in pace, or you can the vocal can kind of bring different colours and the outer and expressions out of the line in a way that a poem has to be really strongly crafted in order to do, like a villanelle, for instance, uses the same lines again and again, but like all the the whole poem is constructed around the fact that those have to be some really fucking good lines and you have to actually like sort of spring the poem towards that aspect or the Mm -hmm. other aspect. Whereas with this, like the line all I ask of living is to have no chains on me when it's repeated again like you feel it more strongly Mm -hmm. like the second time rather than it just being dead weight
4: yeah yeah
3: Mm, that's a nice point I guess I've become very interested recently just like as a weird coincidence in poetry which has a kind of musicality but isn't poetry which is set to music so do you know the poem by elizabeth barrett browning called a musical instrument
2: no i don't
3: oh it's an absolute banger it's one of my absolute <laughs> and i've become really interested it's about um pan so i won't read the whole poem because it's really long but it does use a lot of the same um words over and over again you might know it. what was he doing the great god pan down in the reeds by the river spreading ruin and scattering bands, splashing and paddling with the hoofs of a goat and breaking the golden lilies afloat with the dragonfly on the river. And it's a really interesting poem because it has this really kind of sonic musicality, which like definitely hinges on those repetitions and using words. And it's all about the creation of Mm -hmm. music and how... um, he 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 makes panpipes and it's about how he thinks he's created this kind of incredible thing but it's about how they can no longer be reeds with reeds in the river and it's about that sort of like breaking yeah
0: yeah, yeah. that's the kind of thing that's on. so kind of sonically dense already as a piece of poem poetry that if you to try to turn that into a song it would almost be like too much Potentially, potentially, in the way that
4: Well
2: the song the poem's already taken a lot of the lead in what you would need to do. Yeah, yeah. You start trying to
0: turn that into a song, add melody to that as well, and it's gonna be Mm. extra.
2: Yeah. And I I feel like that sometimes when I look at like lyrics for like some of the very best um Howard Ashman lyrics from the Disney Renaissance films, like a lot of them have this incredibly insistent scansion, essentially in a way that kind of makes you think could there ever have been any other beat to
4: this
3: I always want to try to teach with uh, the gold song from Pocahontas with all you (laughs) boys dig up Virginia boys it's fucking great
2: the one that I was thinking of um, was that bit in Poor Unfortunate Souls towards the end like there are some things where it's so incredibly tight um like the, I can't remember any of the rest of the lines, but there's the thing about, and if you, and if you want to, then you'll have to pay the toll, take a gulp and take a breath and go ahead and sign the scroll. Like it's all of these kind of like pockets yeah, yeah, yeah. that uh, r- that really take control of the um,
4: mm-hmm.
2: of the rhythm of the, it the, in a way that like. Lots of poems, lots of lyrics don't necessarily when you look at them on the page. Yeah, yeah.
0: And I, I'll get ahead of myself a bit here, but the, the bringing up the Disney thing is interesting, both for this song and uh, the Van de Graaff Generator song, just because of the theatricality of it. Now, this song specifically is more folksy than it is theatrical, yeah. but so I'll I'll get a bit into the context of the song, and then we'll talk about it as a song. So I'm kind of getting a bit bit mixed up here. But the song was originally written by, well, it was written by Laura Nero, Uh, at the age of 17 and she got paid five thousand dollars for this Uh, she sold it at the age of 17 or no she was maybe like 19 at the time when she sold it to peter paul and mary um and that would be worth about forty thousand dollars i think um in today's today's money you'd
4: take it wouldn't you yeah she got
0: tons (laughs) of money for it um and it was quite a big hit this so it was and then she herself did her own song um, a couple of years later but the most famous version of the song is by a band called uh, Blood Sweat and Tears who are like a jazz rock band and they covered it in like 1971 um, and it's really weird because before they covered it they wanted Laura Nero to join their band to do, be the singer for them then she kind of turned them down and then they just covered her song instead um, but I, I included this one because I personally think this is the best version of the song personally
2: it's a hard disagree <laughs> but that's yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's. Uh,
0: I like the Laura Nero. One. I, I like the blood, sweat, and tears one, but it's a lot goofier. It's very like, um, it's very like cowboy kind of honky tonk piano kind of vibe to it. <laughs> um, but the Laura Nero one, Laura Nero is is an interesting artist because she's very like theatrical. She's got that sh- kind of show tune vibe to a lot of her stuff.
2: Yeah, and I suppose I feel as though this her vocal style really suits. This song particularly, yeah. it feels very soulful mm-hmm. and, um, like like she, like it sort of feels when you listen to it, like she's kind of going full throttle. I mean, especially at the end where so she she does go
0: full throttle, and she has a crazy like yeah, her full set of voices fairly like balls to the wall, isn't it? It's. <laughs> It's crazy, but I, I mean, I really like this one. I think this one really fits the lyrics yeah, well this, because this
4: is a
2: this is a this is a really good version as well. I think, but I'm also just biased because yeah, like yeah. I know the Laura Nero version very yeah, well, yeah, for and sure. I yeah, yeah. The, and I've heard this one. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, but what I was gonna say, this one. I mean, I heard this. This was like the the last version of the kind of these three that we I just mentioned that I heard, and um, this one, I this one it, it makes the lyrics actually sound like it is an old like trad folk song. To me because like lyrically the lyrics are quite folksy actually and they, they, it's a common theme in like loads of folk music just you know dying and it's just about facing death with good humor and it, it's it it sounds so like at home in a folk genre whereas her version is a lot more show tune soul i don't know what you'd call it big band kind of thing going on um mm. but um I, i'm quite quite curious what lottie and emma think about this song
1: well, I have never heard the other. Well, that's fine. Yeah, version. yeah. That, 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 or any other. That's version. why it's
0: better to like get your opinion on it because like you're not biased by the other two versions, which are very different
1: is there anything specific
0: did you, you like the song like us to discuss
1: you, this is a very cambridge no, exam it's not, like you. did
0: you like the song <laughs> I'm not, I'm, i swear i'm not trying to yes, trick you
1: yes it was nice
0: uh, god but i i must have a terrible like um <laughs> reputation on a personal level that everyone everyone i get onto this thinks i'm tricking them in some way and like oh you know that's fair i i i, I understand the kind of the personality I cultivate amongst people that's fine I, I have to accept that but you know the mirror has been held up to me and I don't like what I see <laughs> um, but yeah did you like the song like because I I mean yes. the three songs I chose yeah it's right, nice. the three songs I chose I like them all and sometimes if I ask you if you like what you think of them that's all I'm asking about like did you like them or not um but you like the song that's cool like yeah, yes you know I, I mean do you like do you listen to much folk music? Because it sounds very traditional folk as well. Not just like yeah. more mainstream, what you'd call like folk pop. It's very like rustic folk to me. And I love that. That's the thing I really love in music. But I, I wonder if you, like, did you particularly like the song? Is it just like, yeah, it was nice. Just like, yeah, it was nice.
1: Yeah. Like, I don't particularly, I don't, I neither have a problem with folk, with folk nor. yeah. Seek it Mm -hmm. out. Um, It's just, it's there, and it it didn't trouble me in the way that perhaps uh, one of the other ones might have.
0: (laughs) I can feel that you're like saving your energy to really just like go (laughs) to town on that song. Oh, I am really looking forward to it. And I yeah,
1: in many (laughs) in many ways, this is the song that I have the least strong feelings about.
0: Yeah, that's cool. What about what about you, Lotta?
1: It was quite nice. nice.
3: Yeah, I wrote pretty fun, pretty fun. at the end. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I, I thought the lyrics were fine. I thought, yeah, the folk is very kind of trad folk. It's a kind of folk that you like. I like more kind of sad, indie, wailing. Um, um, so, yeah, maybe... A Do you, like, you
2: like that in your folk? Or just, in general, you prefer anything sad, indie, wailing to all folk?
3: I like it in my folk. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, and... This generally is a way of life, really. Musically, um, it's got quite sort of like, it's quite tight, isn't it? It's got quite like dense mm. heart. Yes. Um, it's like, I always, think it's, I always think it's like an almost like brittle sound that that kind of folk has. Yes. It's very, I don't know how to explain it.
0: It's, um, I think that era of like trad folk, and I think you hear it in a lot of like the British revival of folk, like in the late 60s as well, it can sound quite, what's it like haughty <laughs> or something, quite removed or quite... I don't I don't know do there's mean? there's something about it sometimes I and mean, like it doesn't bother me like it's not very it's sometimes not very homely and I think there's something about this like yeah. some especially when it's an American band and they're they're doing that folk accent thing and it's, you can immediately spot yeah. it and I think a lot of people get annoyed by it i personally i love it and I think this is great, and I think it's funny that this um it's by Peter Paul and Mary, who are most famous for puff a the magic, magic dragon. dragon
4: yes
0: <laughs> it's just like this i think this song is great and i i really love it but i would recommend uh to lottie and emma uh laura nero you should seek out her version and just like just grab <laughs> like oh uh, not necessarily buy it but go on spotify and like listen to her greatest hits because she's such a weird artist like she doesn't I, I i don't know who else sounds like it like you listen to it and in a way it's really obviously like big band soul pop stuff but then you're like what, what actually is this? Like, it's, it's really weird.
2: Yeah. Like some, if you had, if you put me on the spot and you made me do a kind of elevator pitch for her, I'd almost be like, she's almost like a kind of Gothic dusty Springfield. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But like a lot more raucous as well.
2: Mm. Yeah. Like she, like, it's that thing where I think she's got an incredibly singular voice Mm. that. Like maybe this is the thing. I think the Peter Paul and Mary one is something that is really good. To, would be really good to sing along to, and has a kind of chorus, choral element to it. You, there's no singing along to, or maybe, or maybe there is in 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 that kind of more sort of soulful.
0: I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean because
2: element to it, like because it's just, like you would to watch her bell belt this out. I don't know. I I think I was like no, no one else sing. Let her go. <laughs> I, I, know I know what you mean. I know what
0: you mean. I think it's the folksiness of the Peter Paul and Mary version which makes it a bit more sing along. And I, I love the yeah. I love the harmonies. I love like the interplay of like uh the female vocal and then the tenor and the baritone, I think, especially like the last verse with the baritone bit, I think it's awesome. Um it's a cool song, but yeah, definitely recommend looking up more of Laurie Nero. I wouldn't necessarily recommend looking up more of Peter Paul and Mary. Partly because I've my never main, listened to any part my of it at other this than all.
2: other than Puff the Magic Dragon, my my main this is, uh, this is so terrible. I have one memory of like ever hearing of Peter Paul and Mary, and it's in Saved by the Bell. Zach Morris's mum talks about having gone to a Peter Paul and Mary concert, wow. so it's very much a kind of like the past, the parents. Of people who were teenagers in like the late '80s mm-hmm. would have liked.
4: This. I mean that, yeah, that's about the, the right generation. Now, yeah,
2: yeah, but I love the fact that now it's kind of come full circle again, and you wouldn't necessarily be like, "Oh, that's what my mum yeah, likes." Yeah,
0: yeah. This is like, who who listens to that anymore? And to us, I can't yeah. say I don't know anything about them other than like they, they they're a bit of a <laughs> meme, I guess. Unfortunately, but I I love this song. But we'll sorry, what was that, Lottie?
3: i think i know something didn't they do a cover of leaving on a jet
0: Car? yeah they, they've done lots of covers of like folk songs but i mean i know they covered that i'm not sure if i can remember ever listening to it um plus you know john denver reached perfection with that song so no one should ever ever cover it
3: hey i don't know i mean i think i reached perfection as the first thing i learned to play on the guitar just like very soulful rendition, which was definitely like not me scrabbling to find the chords, and definitely me wringing every ounce of uh, feeling out of John Denver's work. That is a
0: good song. That I do like. I do like "Leaving on a Jet Plane." Um,
2: I happen to. This is so. I happened to be talking about John Denver to Phil the other day, and I was like, "Oh, and he writes about Denver, and his name is John Denver." And Then I had this moment of like, "That can't be right!" <laughs> and I was like, "Have I got this mixed up in some way?" And Because I was like, what chance would it be that his name is denver and it is specifically denver he's writing about a lot of these things and i googled it and i was like oh no he named himself denver oh, i
0: didn't know because that. it was
2: his favorite state <laughs> his real surname was like deutschendorf
0: wait or that is that is much more rock and roll that is so much more. <laughs> but, rock and...
2: but also i don't even know if in america that's how he would have said it like it would it be probably probably <laughs> like it all bets are off because sometimes <laughs> uh, those names are correctly pronounced in america and sometimes they're not.
0: Yeah, that's true
2: but john denver good name i uh, good songs <laughs> that's <laughs> <take away.
0: laughs> i mean we're covering a lot of ground here we're covering the three songs <laughs> that we started with and john denver um cool i i think what well, should we what song should we do next then um
3: Till I die, till I die, let's build to our face. Yeah, I, I think this is the way to okay, go. I think that's
0: that. No, yeah. I'm, I'm fine with this trajectory. <laughs>
2: um, I have a question about till I die. Uh,
0: okay. Yeah, we'll, we'll field questions um, now.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just a kind of, I, I'm genuinely interested to know. When you sent this to us, it had some very interesting lineation was this intentional? And is it part of the act? the The way the lyrics are meant to no, look. No, I I, or I it... did
0: that. I did that. I think I did. I do that okay. a little bit with the Van de Graaff generator song as well. Um,
2: you absolutely. Did. I... <laughs> <laughs> you absolutely
0: did.
2: You did. But... You did. But I found it. I found it more striking with. <laughs> yeah, I was. I was
0: trying to. <laughs> I think I was somewhat trying to mimic what the vocals do, which is obviously not really possible, but do you know what I mean? I was trying to do it. I was trying to, like, yes. and because, like, you couldn't really do it with a, And When I Die because it's, like, it's a very obvious, like, form to it, whereas Till I Die um, feels a lot more, yeah, a lot more free, and I felt I could do that a bit more. But anyway, this song, uh, I'm glad you guys liked this song. Uh, it sounds like you liked it anyway. Is Till I Die by the Beach Boys. Uh, really released on their 1971 album Surf's Up. Um, so when you saw it just as poetry, who wants to start? What did you think of it? Well, how do you think it you know, worked as poetry?
2: I actually liked it a lot. Did I like it more on the page than I did once I listened to it? Possibly. It's not, I don't dislike the Beach Boys mm. at all, but um, I think I was expecting, because again, I didn't know it was Beach Boys till... You sent us the mm-hmm. playlist. I think I was expecting something a little bit more minimalist mm-hmm. because of the fact that the lyrics are very minimalist. Yes, yeah, yeah. And I liked that mm-hmm. sort of sparseness, yeah, yeah. the simplicity mm-hmm. of asking a question and repeating a question, and also the fact that the questions that are asked are very beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the sort of the bare quality of lines like i lost my Mm -hmm. way it kills my soul i love Mm -hmm. that i i think on the page this is my favorite Mm,
0: interesting cool and uh, just as a side note i think it's 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 always interesting to get people to listen to this song because they don't expect the beach boys to say it killed my it kills my soul (laughs) given you know Mm,
1: i was shook you got me good (laughs) (laughs) um (laughs) i know that's all you ever said out no no
0: no it's not it's it's genuine it's an interesting (laughs) because there's a few things about like the context of the song and about what a lot of people who know the context end up thinking about the song. I'm quite curious, I'm being very mysterious here, and again, it's not a trick, but I'm quite curious to hear what you think, um, because I tend to disagree with what people say, um, but I'll stop trying to be, I'll stop being mysterious, and I'll, i will Lottie, what, what do you think? What did you think there? Or Emma, either of you can go.
3: I will do some talking. Go for it um i think that one of the things i like about the beach boys well the only beach boys well not the only beach boys one of the beach boys songs i really like is probably god any notes Mm -hmm. and i like that because it has you know it's very you know love actually or whatever but it has this very like intense melancholy Mm -hmm. uh, at the heart of it where it's kind of like um you know, if you should ever leave me, though life would still go on. Believe me, the world could show nothing to me. So what good would living yeah, be? Yeah, yeah.
0: People, it, it's like a really popular song for people to play at their wedding, and it's just like, well, it opens yeah. with "I may not always love you," um, and it obviously like takes that back a bit, but it's just like really yeah. melancholic and also just like deeply insecure and just like code—it's just a codependence as well. Like when you—it's also to it.
2: the theme to the uh, TV show. Big Love, I believe, I've which was about a polygamist Mormon. <sighs> um, like a, some dudes I wish I could remember who played him. Jennifer Goodwin is one of the wives Jean Triplehorn is one of the wives and um, Chloe Sevigny, I mm-hmm. think is one of the other wives and they and it's a thing where the husband dances with each in turn as this song plays uh, uh, not this, not, not till I die but God only knows and um, I I really like God Only Knows as well, but I have to disassociate it from like the, the myriad uses of yes, it yeah, yeah. in other media yeah, yeah. when I listen to it.
3: But I think I was surprised about this song because, you know, looking at the lyrics on the page, it seems very, it, I, it kind of went the other way for me, right? Like it seems very, well, actually, no, actually, that's nonsense. It's the same idea, which is that the music I found quite, quite, beautiful quite moving quite uplifting not not, not uplifting but kind of that pleasing kind of melancholy Mm -hmm. um but I thought the lyrics were just really really sad (laughs) whereas I felt more optimistic about the whole thing I was like oh this is a piece of music I wouldn't mind having played at my funeral whereas if you just looked at the lyrics you'd be like oh it kills my soul Mm -hmm. so I I, that was kind of I, I was I would say pleasantly surprised and I liked it reminded me of um one of these things first that sense of sort of objects. Yeah, yeah. And... I was
0: going to ask when you, when you read the lyrics, then what what kind of percep what kind of preconception did you have about what the band would be or the music would be? Did you you kind of touched upon that?
4: Some kind of emo.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I thought it would be actually much more. I thought this would be the folk one, right? Because I thought, I thought uh, when and when I die was going to be Laura Nero, and then this would be something that was more
0: folksy. Yeah, yeah.
2: Pure guitar and like. Some I I, am, I did imagine it as being very sparse. Mm-hmm. I was surprised at how much how, mi- how much instrumentation there is and how much texture. I was really thinking that this was a lyric that could sustain something quite um, uh, bare, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, yeah. because it's just like even though the lyrics themselves are also bare, I think they just have a potent a potency to them. Is that a word? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, this is a really random comparison as well, but um something something about it really reminded me of like one of my favorite songs from the musical Godspell, um which is called By Your Side and is and is like sung to Jesus but is um has a lot of lines about like um I'll put a pebble in my shoe and watch me walk I can walk and walk it's, it, it's just got this kind of like simplicity of imagery and a simplicity of language mm-hmm. like it's really pared down to the most basic words the most basic images um and so I thought it might have a similar instrumentation to that, mean, yeah, yeah. which again is just very, it is again from that kind of like the like Godspell obviously is from that sort of late 60s early 70s I don't know I'd, I'd never
0: heard of it um yeah. what, what what did you think Emma then I, I think from what I gathered it sounded like you were keen on this song
1: yeah I liked it a lot um, what
0: were you what, what did you think when you saw it just as as poetry
1: I mean the imagery is good shit <laughs> um you know I don't really care for poems that don't rhyme <laughs> um so yeah I guess like I find it hard to look at an incomplete thing on a page um and like imagine what it's supposed to be it's one of my objections to studying drama which I like to use to antagonize Catherine like it's when did that happen um well I used to tell you that I didn't think plays should be studied as part of the English tripos because they're incomplete artifacts
2: I must have blanked that out
1: (laughs) (laughs) You, you didn't like it um yeah, like because I knew that it was half a thing, like I didn't really know how to fill in the rest. So like I don't remember really observing a, much of a distinction between till I die and um, and when I die, especially since they're extremely similarly titled. Um but uh obviously Vandergraft
0: generator gives you a little bit A little bit more meat to chew on. <laughs>
1: It's got a lot of character. That's <laughs> very hard to deny. Yes. Yeah.
0: I, let's, let's I not get not ahead of let's not get ahead of yeah.
1: us. Um Yeah, so yeah, to be honest, I wasn't able to like fill in much about it. Um looking at lyrics is not something that I really I've never looked at lyrics before. I've Listen to a song really, that's probably the first time I've ever done it that way round, apart from like sometimes when you go to someone's wedding and it's in a church and like you don't really
4: yes, know yeah, them yeah. very
1: well and they pick these weird fucking hymns and you just try and move your mouth at the right time <laughs> and not be too blasphemous. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally agree. That's the like, only- <laughs> I've I've
0: never done it and this is why I kind of thought it I'd has, do it here.
1: Actually, so. I used to, in
2: the era when you couldn't really access like before YouTube existed when I was about, like, 11 years old and I started getting really into Leonard Cohen, I couldn't access all of the, his songs, ah. but I could find the lyrics online. Mm-hmm. And so I used to, like, read them as if they were poetry. See, now, there, which... there's a
0: there's a musician where you can do that more and it's obviously mm. a lot more appropriate to do it for. But let's, let's not go down that yes. track too much because Leonard Cohen's a whole <laughs> other world. He's a whole other yeah. kettle
1: of Cohen. Right. But, like, even... Like, unless the lyrics are, like, really, like, top 1%, Mm -hmm. I really don't like to, like, see them, even if I'm, like, listening to them at the same... Even if I'm listening to the song at the same time as I'm reading the lyrics, Mm -hmm. it makes it worse because, like, very rarely are lyrics good quality poetry. Like, often I'd much rather just let it sort of pass and judge it on what it is. I don't like to look at it written out in print because i'm like oh that's that's kind of dumb
0: yeah yeah i totally know what you mean and that's there's this so there's something dumb that i missed out of the um the lyrics when i wrote them as poetry for this song which is that it kills my soul hey 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 did did, <laughs> did, did that did that trigger anyone because that used to annoy me about this song now i mean i don't really care and it's always been one of my favorite a beach boy songs and b songs ever, at all but I used to think it was a lot goofier than I do now. Did, did When you listen to the song, did that kind of register or were you guys not bothered by it? It didn't
3: register for me so much, but I do... I remember as a teenager reading lyrics for songs, which I did really obsessively. I would always get those little booklets for CDs um, and kind of buy a CD and then read all the lyrics in the car on the way home and then listen to the CD and then often listen to it whilst reading the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um but I used to become really frustrated because all those little like interjections and hey hey hey's and oh yeah's never get printed in the official lyrics.
0: And that annoyed and it, you? Did you think they really should? Really
3: frustrate me? <laughs> like I think it should be an accurate record, and I think they are part of the song.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so did you were you were you incredibly annoyed by my uh, failure to do that? <laughs> but I mean, the thing, like the thing about turning that song generally into. Uh, lyrics when you get to the coda like you just can't do that without putting like brackets and like offset lines everywhere because the way there's yeah. just like so many voices at once that I was just like well if I'm gonna miss that bit out I'm gonna take out the hey 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 because I think the hey <laughs> hey, hey it doesn't bother me anymore but it is it's it's just kind of like it's Brian Wilson so he so I'll, I'll get into the context a bit more so this is one of the only songs where he wrote the music and wrote the lyrics completely by himself too um and he's he's obviously he's very the one who knows anything about the Beach Boys, he's primarily a musician and some of his lyrics can be a bit like not that great and he usually had someone there to help him with the lyrics a bit. Um, So it's kind of unsurprising that he came to it from a melodic standpoint and he probably just had three notes left. In my mind this is how it went, he had like three notes left and just had no words to put with them and just went hey hey hey. (laughs) <laughs>
1: um,
0: which is a, to me I, it just fits in with what what my idea of Brian Wilson is um but sorry you're going to say something
1: Is it after both of them after I lost my way and it kills myself
0: I think it is yeah just once. I think it is
1: Yeah I'm I'm not too bothered by it because it feels like it's not really a word
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: It's like the voice's instrument rather than
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's why it didn't bother me too much. And now I'm totally on board with it. But at first I was because hey, hey is a weird nonverbal thing, isn't it? Like, mm. it's kind of a word and it sounds a bit too casual for me. It used to sound a bit too casual for me for the song. Like, hey, it does sound a bit, I don't know.
2: I think but, it's a thing where like, you can construct a song where, yeah, hey, the word hey just sounds like it belongs in there perfectly mm-hmm. well. And it is, as I said, the kind of instrument of the voice. But when as soon as you write it down and you lose the sort of architecture of the song,
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, it looks out of place yes, because yeah, it's... Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I think that's true, yeah, yeah. Um, but a w- wider context for the song then. Um, I'm glad you all liked it because I, I thought someone might say it's a bit of a drag or something like that. Um, which, it, so it, I guess I'll get into the context I'll, I'll kind of explain um, the general point of it. Well, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but so it was i think it was written a bit earlier maybe like 1969 or something like that a, few, a couple of years before it was actually finally recorded and put out um and it was again for anyone who knows anything about brian wilson a long history of you know severe mental illness um and it was written at a point when he was kind of at his lowest and he he talked about how he was like driving along uh like roads by the sea and stuff like that and he was just thinking basically about throwing himself off into the sea and he kind of wrote this song um about that, and about, about, you know, how terrible he felt, and I think, so a lot of people, when they talk about this song, they call it, um, I've heard people, and it's quite a common thing to call it, like, um, an almost snuff song, um, which is a really dark thing to call it, because it's almost the sound of someone killing themselves, um, but people always say it's, like, the most depressing song ever, and they they read it as a really, like, depressing coda, and I, I... I didn't necessarily know all that context before I heard it. And I don't hear that in it at all. To me, it sounds like a radical, almost like mindful acceptance of certain things that he's maybe not happy about in his life. Um, The feeling of directionless and things like that. But to me, it just... I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to... I'm rambling a bit, but it's quite common to see it as just a drag. And in fact, Mike Love, who is the biggest douchebag in the Beach Boys history who was like the the bass singer in the band didn't want it recorded and released because he thought it was and those exact words too much of a drag um and I think he was completely off the mark as always because he's a piece of shit um but I don't know what do you guys think of that because
1: well I mean it's interesting like now that you're saying about that other way of reading it I can see it Apart from the, like, what are they, interjections of, like, I lost my way and it kills my soul. Mm-hmm. Um, apart from those, I think it totally makes sense as a reading. But my brain snapped to the drag version. Mm-hmm. But either you sent this to me at either a really good or a really bad time because pandemic got me, like, the angstiest I've been since I was, like, 16. Like, mm-hmm. um, So I really, I really enjoyed it in the same way that i indulged in similar miserable shit Mm -hmm. um
0: it's interesting it is as an
1: edgy teenager
0: yeah yeah but to me i I guess it it wasn't necessarily all the way through it that i it it, for me it's the coda to me like until i die i think a lot of people saw that as like it's really depressing like he's just accepting that you know he's going to be unhappy till he dies but i heard it as like Oh, I'll be these things until I die, and I'm okay with that. I guess like that's the yeah. part. I, I, and it I don't It can know definitely
2: that. be seen as like a kind of expression of the human
1: condition. Yeah. Yeah, it's like stoic philosophy.
0: And mm. I, I mean, I love Brian Wilson, but I think I don't think he was trying to make that point. I'm not saying you can't read that into it, but I just well, think yeah, it's. I mean, I think... stoic
1: philosophy is like not super fucking deep. It's just like you yeah, can't yeah. control your circumstances, or you can control as how you're gonna feel about them.
0: Yeah. yeah no, it's true. And I don't even know, I'm not even sure, I don't know exactly. Um, I don't, like, I'm not saying, I don't think either of the interpretations is correct, obviously. I don't think that way about these things, but um, I don't know. I think it's interesting that there are these two quite divergent schools of thought on it. And to me, I just never heard it as a musical song, mainly because I just think that Coda is so brilliant and perfect. And to me, it, it's clearly not happy, but it sounded, I don't know. For me, the best Beach Boys is an almost like, it's hymnic, isn't it? It's almost religious. Uh, it's kind of like adjacent to that kind of experience. And yeah, so it's not happy, but there is that kind of uplifting part of it. I don't know, words almost fail me, which is why it's so good. Yeah, well,
2: it's, which, it, yeah which makes sense why it reminded me of Godspell, which obviously loads of the songs in that yes, are kind of yeah, inspired yeah. by parts from Gospel of Matthew.
0: Hmm.
2: So <laughs> that's the, it's the same sorts of
3: parable-like imagery.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Sorry, I think Lottie, you're going to say something as yeah. well.
3: Just that it was, yeah, Just mel- I think melancholic is the word, right? It's mm. that sad, but it's that kind of good sad. Mm-hmm. Like, like when you have a cut and you poke at it.
0: I'm not sure if I'd call that melancholic, but yeah, I, I, know, <laughs> I, know, I know. I'm sorry, you weren't trying to say that. I know what you mean. I totally know what you um, mean. Yeah,
3: it's <laughs> But also, I guess that I felt, when I listened to it, maybe this was just my kind of misreading, but it felt to me more about, and this is why I compared it to one of these things first, like the other side of that, like kind of going back into being things. So mm-hmm. being a cork on the ocean or whatever, kind of being a leaf on a windy day. And the way that the coda I've put, I like the fading out, not ending, feels in keeping.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: With that sense of like, yeah, it doesn't, I think, I think, snuff song is far it really doesn't feel to me like a song about somebody ending their life it just doesn't it feels much more to me about like a sort of a big brain kind of mentality in terms of like you know being part of things mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. Just, i know what you mean but we're all connected man but just like you know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah no I, yeah I, I totally agree
3: greater. i think there is a, oh,
2: there is a beauty to it that makes me feel like, not like this is something that we shouldn't be reading. This is something that's sort of, um, like, in the way that sort of reading somebody's suicide note mm-hmm. would feel like that mm-hmm. potentially.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. And it, sorry on the on the on the note specifically of the fade out on the coda. Brian will like that is Brian Wilson's favorite thing in the world. <laughs> like obviously, God only knows it does that when it has the round and yeah. it, it fades out. And and I'm quite curious what, what you do you, do 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 any of you object to like fade outs in songs? It's a really common thing I found, and I don't understand it. That people like it's so lazy to fade out in a song, and it's one of those things that you listen to a lot of. If you listen to as much Beach Boys as I do, you're like ninety percent of these songs fade out, um, and it seems to annoy a lot of people. And it I didn't even realize it was a thing that could annoy someone until. I found out that it was quite common. it just, I don't know. Like, to me, it is, I mean, Beach Boys have a very specific kind of mood and aesthetic. Obviously, there's that early, like, surfer stuff that everyone, like, it's the kind of famous stuff. But the, the more, like, Pet Sounds era stuff, I assume you've all probably listened to a lot of Pet Sounds. I don't know. Um It's very dreamy. And it, for me, it feels very appropriate to fade them out because it, I don't know. Yeah, I
2: think fade fade outs really work for the right kind of song. Mm-hmm. I think probably mm-hmm. when people say it, they like dislike fade outs in principle, it's yes. like Yes, I think I think some there's, of a, are, there's yeah. a there's a lot I think I think part of what that might come from is that there are like there was a period at least, I don't even know if it's still that the case that like pop songs by default like you'd see at the bottom of the lyrics booklet repeat to fade. Yeah, yeah it
0: was it was much more common like at this time period, that this song was released, like in the seventies, and it, mm-hmm. you know, it goes through periods where it's not popular, and then it becomes popular again. I don't think it's particularly popular at the moment, um, and I do think I you're think right. It, Some people yeah. object on principle because they're like, "Well, it's lazy. How do you not know mm-hmm. how to end the song?" And I, I don't know.
2: I think it's the kind of thing where, like, it's not, it's not good to see it as a default option.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: It's good. It's a kind of. It's a technique to be used mm-hmm. when it's effective and sure. when and it can be incredibly effective, mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm.
0: Cool. Um but yeah, okay. I'm glad Have you we reached the
2: moment.
0: Yeah, I don't know if I'm trying to put it off or if I want to dive into it.
2: Let's <sighs> go for it.
0: Okay, cool. So we've had two songs that we like to varying degrees. Um and this third song is by a little band called mm-hmm. Vandergraf Generia. Uh which is obviously the coolest name for any band ever. And the song is called "Still Life," off of their album "Still Life" from 1976.
4: Whew,
0: who, who wants to start? Emma's Emma's like oh, rubbing her hands. She's getting ready. She's cracking the knuckles. She's
1: uh-huh. well. Um, what, what to say, Jacob? What to say? Um, it's very. Um, I am 14 and this is deep yeah. and you know, when I heard it set to music, like I was like more than one person was involved in this. <laughs> Someone should have said something.
4: <laughs> uh. but
1: also like setting it to music does make it like, like it's easier to ignore lyrics, like <laughs> going past your ears than it is on the page. So in that respect, prefer it as a song. Because the, I do prefer it as a song. <laughs> no,
0: then, yes. hey, look,
1: because I, think... I it can do something else while it's on. <laughs> like when I was doing the homework, I would listen to like the first two songs, and I'd be like,
4: because
1: mm. <laughs> it's also like twice the length of them put together as well.
0: Mm, that yes, yeah, 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 and it's... and I totally agree. It's half the length of what we wish it was. I yeah, I agree. I agree with that, Emma.
1: I mean, what does it not contain? <laughs> How would you even expand it?
0: Oh okay. Um Lottie, what what are your thoughts on it? As li- as lyrics or as a song, just just you know, just get it all out. Just get it all out. See, this is catharsis for you.
3: As lyrics it's a shiter, isn't it, really? <laughs> I mean, the only Okay, the music I like in places, so maybe we can come back to that. (laughs) I have written lyrics of faux philosophical bollocks. (laughs) And then later on, I've written lyrics are still shite. (laughs) I used to write as a teenager. Okay. Um, There's some musical stuff. I've written occasionally uh, kind of like this music thing, which maybe we can come back to. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing reminds me of, um, can I tell a very short anecdote?
0: You may. But it's also going to be a lotty anecdote, so short is what? 20 minutes long? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm it, sorry. Is, it
1: has never not been worth it. <laughs> Go on. Oh, That is the nicest thing anyone has ever said to <laughs> me. Um,
3: my sister spent a while doing photoshops and photography for people and she once did this series of photos for a guy who called himself Mask and he posed, uh they were for his death metal band, and he posed in this graveyard in King's Lynn and involves him doing stuff like holding copies of the communist Manif- manifesto and then at one point setting pictures setting setting fire to a five pound note and I feel that kind of like pound shop for philosophical depth is kind of what this song embodies though I do mm. like at the end that they say still life and they said the name of the song in the song
0: <laughs> this is the bit where they say the name
3: but also like it's not a chorus
2: which normally is where the titles come from and it's not a big thing of here's the name of the song they make you wait for it and then they're like ah we did it
0: (laughs) that reminds me like i i really like the doors but i mean the doors are similarly like pretentious i guess well although i am going to defend Van vandegraaff generator on that point but we'll get to that but the doors there's just there's too many songs that the first line of the song is the title and it's not until you sit there you like listen like maybe on like a big playlist of their stuff or just through like album after album you're like
2: that you notice the trends. like
0: jim morrison you need to fucking stop doing this you can't no. and, like i don't know like again it's one of those things like people who get annoyed by songs that fade out like, i didn't know i could get annoyed by someone doing this until he kept doing it yeah. and it, it just did annoy me and i don't it's not bad like how is that any worse than doing it in the chorus but for some reason it did I don't know um Catherine do you have any like do you do you need to get it do you need to let it all out come on like just
2: Uh, I mean I I, like what I would say is that I disagree with like the opinion of the song Mm -hmm. as in like my perspective on life and on death are very different to it uh, like my when you when I first got the lyrics, obviously, like you ve- helpfully um, relineated a few of the lines so that the ones that really stood out were the breathing, eating, defecating, screwing, drinking, spewing, sleeping, sinking.
0: Living, if you claim that all oh, that entails is breathing, eating, defecating, screwing, drinking, spewing, sleeping, sinking, ever down and down and ultimately. Passing away time Which is one of the best bits in the song. I don't care if you guys disagree it. For a second, it's when I
2: like, when my eyes leapt to that, the, as as in like, I hadn't read it all and I, my, and I leapt to those lines. Mm-mm. I was like, ah, oh, yeah, this is like life and it's great. I had this kind of like Joyce, James Joyce, like, thing of like, right, yeah, right, right. shitting and eating and that is, like, and it's wonderful, isn't it?
4: <laughs> and then I read it
2: in its context and I was like, oh no, we're really on different pages, me and these guys, about like, breathing and eating and defecating and screwing.
0: Defecating, but- defecating, please. <laughs> <Okay.
2: hey. laughs> um, yeah, but But um. um, also, I have like a kind of, a comparison came to mind quite quickly, mm-hmm. as in This is like... okay. I feel like the last time we did this podcast, I talked about Joanna Newsom all of the time. So so I'm going to do it again. Uh, She has an amazing song about life and death called Time as a Symptom, Mm -hmm. which is just one of my favourite songs. It's the ending of um, her album, Divers, and it's a lot about kind of circularity and transcending death and that sort of thing. And a few points in this, it's just like the shit version, the shit younger brother version of <laughs> that song. It's like you know how like, it's like mega blocks. Yeah, like 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 I'm. I think this so Bjork, the Icelandic wonderful singer, has a oh song. that Bjork.
0: Okay, I thought you. Yes, just,
2: <laughs> just in case you didn't know, um, like she. Oh yeah, I don't know why I said that. I guess I, I guess just because I was bringing her up out of nowhere. Okay, no. no. Um, she has a son who is like a dickhead, and I I'm pretty sure this is the case, and it's not some other singer, although it might be some other singer. She has a son who is like I make music, and I'm going to make music better than my mum's music, and of course his music is shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I will look this up afterwards and let you know if it is actually a different a different B.O. like No, it's as in it might be somebody <laughs> no, no, else who so. is like, my <laughs> mum is my mum, like I'm gonna do better music than my mum yeah, did, yeah. or something like that. Um, but this feels like Joanna Newsom's time as a symptom, and then her like sort of prodigal son yeah,
0: yeah.
2: wrote this.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, okay, I get that. So so what what is the song about? Like, what's it saying?
2: Uh still life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean it... It seems to just be like life is terrible and death happens. Mm -hmm. Like
0: this is this is this is this is where it gets interesting. And I'm not trying to trick you, but it is very interesting. Like Emma, like what about what about you guys? What what did you get from the song? Obviously, you hated it, but like what like what was the song about to you guys? I guess.
1: (sighs) (laughs) Well, Jacob. This reminds me of the time when I decided that as a feat ahead of my Cambridge interview that I would read Nikos Kazantzakis's modern retelling of the Odyssey mm-hmm. and pretend that I liked it and thought it was good.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not asking um, what it reminds you of. What's the song about? It's a re- like I don't
1: fucking no man. <laughs> it's like wanky philosophical musings. I'm going to level with you I got the measure of it pretty quickly And I was like I don't think I want to spend my brain on this Because yeah, yeah. I'm fine. not sure there's going to be a payoff
0: That's a perfectly legitimate opinion I think most people feel that like When they listen to anything by Van de Graaff Generator So what about, what about you Lottie And I'll, 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 I'll talk more widely about the band
3: Well one of my annotations To the line What abject despair demands an end To all things of infinity What abject despair Love My annotation it. reads like what does this mean? <laughs> it's
0: just words. <laughs> uh, what what do we... you... Sorry, I'm gonna to have to push you. What what's the song about? What's it about? What's he saying?
3: towards the end he's talking about trading something off for eternity. Because there's a bit earlier on where he's talking about uh rings and engagements. Mm-hmm. And then later on, the woman to whom he's engaged becomes the toothless, haggard features of eternity, welcoming him between the sheets to couple with her withered. I mean, boy. that was the low. That is the worst bit. I'm sorry, lyrically. No,
0: that's pure <laughs> I, metal. I love it. I, no, the best. I, the best bit is the um, um, the what, abject despair bit. But um, so, sorry, Lottie, finish your thought. No, and, talking
2: <laughs> about coupling, like anything about to couple with her withered body, my wife. <laughs> oh, I, that bit. I
3: was very open To a lot of the rest yeah, of the yeah, song yeah. I tried but mm. not that Lovely. I am not open To it but I guess I Maybe he's trying to say We do things To give our existence meaning In the face of the abject You know I have a PhD And people use the word abject And I, I use it too and I don't know what it means <laughs> uh, with a, a okay, um, okay like in the face of i guess the eternal horror of things we do things to like fruitlessly create meaning in our lives and i think he's talking about like romantic relationships as part of that but ultimately just becomes part of like the hideous snare of everything
0: okay cool i mean i i mean i i'm just gonna say so i'm not saying you guys are wrong But I think it's interesting that my, my reading of this song and this band is so different, like so totally different. Like they're, are are they a bit wanky? Yeah. Are they dark and like a bit edgy? I can't really argue against that, but I never had. Right. So I'm clearly a bit of a fool. I stopped recording myself while leaving the other channels still going. Um, so. I'll just briefly sum up the band. Um, Van de Graaff Generator, for me, in my opinion. I, I just think of them as a really great, fun band. They're definitely like dark and theatrical, uh, but to my mind, I, w- I wouldn't really call them pretentious, although I'm sure a lot of people would disagree. Um, so this song in particular uh, is actually, as far as I can tell, and this seems to be the common consensus amongst all of the fans, pretty much, uh, a sort of sci-fi theme song about uh, a race of people, possibly humans in the future, uh, making themselves immortal and completely invincible, essentially, uh, and becoming sick of life after living for literally millions upon millions of years and not being able to end the kind of perpetual life of, you know, everything becomes the day-to-day, I guess. I guess that's the kind of the point of the song. And, you know, I guess you could make I think a lot of people would say that they're making a wider existential point about, you know, maybe we should be glad we die or something like that, which which is kind of a, a theme within, you know, Greek literature, as far as I'm aware, about, you know, the immortality of the gods. Um, it's actually, in Tolkien as well, you know, like, uh, it's a gift to men that they die and they don't live forever, actually. So it's kind of a, yeah, it, it's in its own space. And I'm not necessarily sure myself, if the song is trying to make that kind of existential point, or whether it's just full-blown sci-fi. For me, I just kind of see it as a full-blown kind of sci-fi space opera that is admittedly very dark. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely not the kind of lyrical subject matter to suit everyone's tastes, uh, and it, I still think it's perfectly valid to think they're pretentious or whatever. Uh, for me, though, uh, I just see them really as a, a sort of H.R. Giga meets Disney. So, you know, dark sci-fi theatre... Lots of drama and excitement. Uh, Peter Hamill, who is the vocalist and lyricist, who also had a very, very long and prolific career. Uh, he's certainly in a quiet taste. He has what I might call, and I don't mean this pejoratively, but I would call his voice unrelentingly ugly. Um, it's not bad at all. I, I really, really like his voice, but it's its not pretty. <laughs> it's not meant to be pretty. Uh Anyway, it's a a shame I stopped recording myself as I can't actually reenact the conversation Uh, but I'll just leave you with some commentary from my friends about the song Um, obviously spewing their vitriol upon it Um, and then I'll give you their farewells. Thanks for listening.
2: Well, I wish them really well. I wish them
1: well. Yeah, they're they're not actively harming anyone so this should be allowed to get on with what they love to do. They, They never hurt me apart from that seven minutes times I probably only listened to it twice so that's only like 14 minutes of my life I won't get back
3: I still hate the lyrics although I think the the context is interesting but I still hate the lyrics but I did kind of enjoy it musically uh I the first part I've written I hate this though it sounds like a mixture of baby d and a disney villain with church vibes um and then I've put, he says defecating funny, <laughs> two, which starts to take away the threat of death. I've put, suddenly funky, love the Hammond organ, lyrics are still shite, slight Pink Floyd vibes. Uh, I like the mute, there's some nice sort of like triplets musically, which I like. There's a bit which says, like the music a lot, hate, hate the lyrics, yes, please, all day to that sax. <laughs> Aww. well it's that weird kind of fresh kazan thing he's doing at the beginning and the end and then like sort of pseudo meatloaf in the middle um would I enjoy <laughs> thank you for having us thank you thank David. you bye, bye. Well, bye. A dog. he's looking real yeah it's he's got easy. little rainbows on him from the door oh he's lovely
4: oh hello <laughs>